Welcome back to Questions from the Pew. This is actually the second part in our Jonah series, so if you haven't listened to the first part, feel free to go back and listen to that before you start this conversation. Enjoy the show. We're a forum for discussion on the issues that are ruminating in the minds of churchgoers, but that are often not raised from the pulpit. Too long has the church shied away from grappling with tough questions and nuanced issues. We're your hosts. I'm Riker Zalameda. I'm Lucas Manning. Welcome to Questions from the Pew, where faith and culture meet. It takes multiple, what's funny is that it takes multiple, like, multiple rounds of questioning to get to not even any clarity, really. Like, the when he first gets asked, the sailors ask him in verse 8, why is this, why has this calamity come upon us? What's your occupation? Where do you come from? What's your country? And what people are you? Yeah. And he answers, I'm a Hebrew. I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. He doesn't answer why yeah, all <laughs> the other, yeah, happening. Yeah. And yeah, it's not yeah. until he, they ask again, what should we do to you in verse 11 so that the sea might quiet down for us? Uh, then he says, yeah. pick me up and throw me into the sea. But he, even then he doesn't tell them, at least the, the narrative doesn't you know, quote him as, um, yeah. as telling the sailors exactly why. Yeah, totally. He just said, do it and it should be fine. He does. He does say it's his fault. So I mean, hey, that's that's something. Yeah, I that's guess. something. I mean, I guess that's the that's the bare minimum. <laughs> I mean, I also think it's funny that my man. I mean, they're like fighting a storm out on the sea, and he's just like sleeping. <laughs> he does not yeah. care, man. <laughs> Which I think is just yeah. It's another way of painting him as like he really doesn't care if he dies or not. Yeah. Like it's fine. He yeah. just doesn't want to do what he's been called to do. Right. Which, I mean, back to. I guess back to the Jonah as Israel comparison is, I mean, that's also interesting. It's like willing to go down with the ship versus like fulfill the calling God's calling that was placed in my life. So that's another thing that's noteworthy that when you said go down, it made me think of it, but like, Oh yeah. Progressive going down. um, Yeah. Of uh, like he went down to, um, to Joppa. uh, Yeah. To Joppa. And then, yeah. He went down into the ship, you know, during the storm, yeah. that sort of thing. And then obviously he went down, as we will see, when the fish swallows him down into the depths. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go down even further to yeah. the lowest of lows. So that's an interesting kind of yes. progression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Well, one thing that just I just thought about that I don't think I've ever talked about in any of my discussions about this is I guess it's like him sleeping in the storm raging is kind of like Jesus sleeping in the storm ra- raging in like in the gospel narratives. Hmm. Like, I don't know. I'm sure there's some sort of connection between the two. <laughs> you know, it just seems like too specific hmm. of a, you know what I mean? Like a yeah. storm is raging, like the prophet slash main character is sleeping and then he gets waken up by his companions and they're like, ah, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. I don't have anywhere to go with that, yeah. but. 
Right. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, and then Jesus does again, you know, right? No sign will be given to you except the sign of Jonah. Sign of Jonah, yeah. So. Which, I mean, that's a, I guess, a can of worms. I guess, what do you, th- what do you think about that? The sign of Jonah. Like, what do you think the sign of Jonah is? I've, I mean, I've typically understood it to mean the, right. um, I don't know, something. Well, maybe we should give some setup. Sorry, we're really. This where this probably comes out of left field for some people who might not yeah. know what we're talking about. Um, religious leaders are asking Jesus, like, you know, if you really are the Messiah, show us a sign. I forget exactly where the context of this is. Is this during Holy Week? I don't really know. Or during his week I in Jerusalem? Remember. I've not taken a look at I don't that know. section in a while. Either way. Which is why I'm hesitant. Either way, it's religious leaders asking Jesus, you know, give us a sign or whatever. And then he he responds, you know, there won't be a sign given to you except the sign of Jonah. I mean, that's the funny thing is he's like, there won't be a sign given to you except the except there will be a sign given to you, the sign of Jonah. Uh, So, yeah, the the question is like, what is what is Jesus talking about when it comes to the sign of Jonah? And some will say because Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights and then comes out. That's the sign he's talking about. Anyway, sorry, there's a little bit of context i don't were you gonna say what you think no i mean i don't know what to think about that i haven't done sure i haven't taken a look not at least not recently no that's fair but well there's a nice thread that you can pull on listener if you wanna (laughs) yeah if you want pull on some biblical studies threads So Jonah goes down. Yes. Gets woken up. And he gets thrown in. And then, yeah. Um, And this is where the Lord kind of pops in again with an action. So Lord is the one who sends the great wind on the sea. Yeah. Um, And then he comes back in again in verse 17 in the form of, um, yeah. Just providing and sends the fish. The, yeah. Here's a question. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Is I don't know how you're going to string string this together, but before, so the sailors pick him up and throw Jonah into the sea, right? Yes. Um, and it the sea becomes calm, and then yeah. verse sixteen says the men feared the Lord even more. And they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. Like yes, but these are pagans, so they wouldn't yes. have known. Um, yeah, I guess you know. Or sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, yeah I mean I that mean, was it. Really, that's a question. Like, what? what yeah, what yeah. Were these, what was the sacrifice that they made? What? Were these <laughs> sure. Yeah. Vows. It doesn't. I the mean, text doesn't go into any more detail about the nature sure. of the sacrifice. Sure. I mean, I think it definitely fits into the fact that the whole book is is painting. It's like the Hebrew prophet is like the dumb person, like the idiot, you know, like he's the mm-hmm. one you're laughing at. And then all these like, you know, uh, like Gentile characters, like the sailors or the people of Nineveh, like they just immediately get everything right. Like they, yeah. <laughs> they clearly identify like yeah. who God is, what they should do, and then they just do it. You right. know, so well, that's like even, what, not even that, but like. So Jonah is very calculated when it comes to his refute of 
when it comes to his disobedience. He knows what he's supposed to do. He's no, He knows what he's sure. com- been commanded to do, but he does the opposite. Yeah. And he's yeah. a blundering idiot the whole narrative. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whereas these pagans don't really know what they're doing, Yes, but yeah, they get it trying. right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> They'll do exactly. anything. Yeah. You know, we'll see with the king. Like, we'll put sackcloth yeah. on the animals to yeah, make them repent. <laughs> yeah. But somehow they get it. They're the yeah. ones who get it right. Totally. Yeah, I mean... The interesting thing is, and and I guess the problem is this is getting into a little bit of chapter three, but, uh, well, some will say, like John Walton, my professor, is like, like we're not supposed to see this as like conversion. Like there's no conversion happening. Like they're not now. They're not all of a sudden, you know, mm-hmm. you know, Yahweh worshippers, like you say, or, uh, but really, it's just like people's like tiny attempts to like get it right with God with limited knowledge. And so it's like, you know, that this isn't some, and I guess we'll see it more in chapter three. So I won't talk too much about it, but it's like, there's no big, there's no great repentant or big, like, uh, I don't know, I guess conversion. I guess that's the language I'm looking Mm -hmm. for. This isn't a conversion, but it's just like the littlest, like, like thing that they can do, you know, <laughs> or just mm-hmm. like the normal, the normal comings and goings of ancient life, which is like, oh, this horrible thing's happening. Let's appease a god by sacrificing something. Yay, it worked out. Let's sacrifice something in celebration. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, like that's just like the normal comings and goings of ancient thought and life, rather than like you know, you know, some sort of like they they are now Yahweh worshiper people on this boat. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that was a long way of saying. It might not necessarily be about a great a great mission that Jonah accomplished, or, or you know. Anyway, but we'll talk about that more later. Yeah. Yeah. So he he gets swallowed by the fish, and then what follows in <laughs> verse two is uh, a, a prayer. Um, oh yes, yeah. chapter two, chapter two. Oh yeah, what did I say? Did I say verse two? Verse two, yeah. We're going really yes. slowly through the text. Yeah, yeah. All right, that was the first verse. <laughs> hey, if you go to like John MacArthur's church or something, I mean, that's what he's doing. <laughs> he's like, let's talk about three words. <laughs> it's like, bro, I think you're you're missing the forest for the trees. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Anyway, not, if you like John anyway. MacArthur, that's fine. <laughs> anyway, let's keep him. Let's keep him. Let's keep him. Um, so he prays. Uh, yeah, he prays, and then what follows is kind of a break in the narrative flow. Um, honestly, yes, it's this long, nice little poem. It's a poetic text. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I think a lot of people interpret as a repentant prayer, but I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I guess there's two ways. Is Jonah repentant here? Or maybe there's more than two ways, but there's two ways to, yeah, two ways to view it that I see. And yeah, it's one, it's, I guess one way to view it is, yeah, I mean, he's repenting for, for what, obviously he disobeyed. um, And he talks about, yeah, he talks about, I don't know if he talks about he disobeyed in here. Let me just do a quick skim. But yeah, I mean, he's just talking about, honestly, his punishment for, for disobeying and that well and that god saved him i mean i think that's one thing we should talk about too is uh when i was growing up the the fish or the whale as it was said to me 
uh, oh, that's something that we should, I guess, talk about. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting, getting real turned around. Let me let me answer your question first. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you could either view it as a as an actual genuine repentant, you know, cry to God, or you could view this, you know, this. I guess this is what I how I take it is within the context of the book where Jonah never gets anything right. So why would he why would he get this right? Uh, so I think he crafts a beautiful, you know, poetic you know, praise slash Thanksgiving poem. Uh, but it's all like, it's all ironic in the sense that he still doesn't get it. <laughs> like mm -hmm. he doesn't like, uh, like he's happy for his own survival. You know, he's praising God for that. Um, you know, proclaim, proclaiming his salvation comes from, you know, Yahweh. Um, and then, you know, lots of people pointed this out, but at the end of the chapter, you know, the response is that the fish vomits him out, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. so obviously the fish is not, uh, not excited about what he has heard. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's satirical the whole time. I mean, I also think it's a, I mean, it's a legitimate, I think he's actually doing like a Thanksgiving like poem, but I think you're supposed to read it with a wink and a nod, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I, I see any, if you know reading through the prayer itself i don't i don't see any repentance and i think you're right again the idea of after we've read through the whole narrative we kind of see full out what jonah's character is we can you know reread the the narrative and kind of see in greater light what it is but i mean the thing is though that the reader expects this to be uh, prayer, uh, a legitimate prayer of repentance, right? Because yeah. this is, sure. again, that stare, that continually stepping down, 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 he went down, and then ultimately he d ends up in in the in the depths of the sea, uh, in the belly of this yeah. fish. So you expect here to, um, you expect this to be the turn, especially um, as we get to verse 10, uh, you know, after the end of that prayer, the Lord spoke to the vision and spewed Jonah out onto the dry land. He goes up from the sea, right? So there's that expectation there. Um, but I think as we'll, as we as we've hinted at, you know, previously, and as we'll see as we um, move into the next episode, um, that expectation is uh, is dashed. <laughs> I think to your point, yeah, we would as readers, we've had this, you know, in chapter one, we've had this narrative of this disobedient prophet who, you know, goes down, down, down um, until, you know, he's at obviously like a lowest point. Um, so we would expect like a repentant poem 
and then like, you know, let's get back on the right track. But what we get is a praise poem. And uh, I guess like one of the things that I've like, uh, or I guess like, <laughs> I guess like a way that you could view that is because Jonah didn't do a repentant poem, but did a praise poem in his brain, he's thinking, great, like God's vindicating. My perspective actually mm. is correct. Cause like God's saving me like from obviously, uh, you know, from the, the storm. God came sees. to his senses. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like salvation comes from the Lord. Like, yay. Like God's yeah. God sees it my way now. <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? And so that's why I think, you know, the fish is like, get out of here, man. And vomits him out is because rather than singing like a, a poem of repentance and like I was wrong, it's yes. Like I'm vindicated. God came to my mm -hmm. rescue and yeah, like he finally understands why I would of course not want to, you know, do what he said. Um, mm -hmm. Which obviously in chapter three, we'll see that you're wrong, Jonah. <laughs> you, you thought you were yeah. vindicated. You're not. Um, yeah. And then one, one other thing that I guess we could have, we didn't really talk about too much in chapter one, but we could talk about here is just the role of like the waters and like a giant mm. creature in the waters in ancient culture, which, mm. um, yeah. Like, so if you go to like the creation narratives, uh, before God creates anything, what is he doing? He's hovering over waters. And so that might seem weird to us Western readers. Cause it's like, wait, if he hasn't created anything, where'd the water come from? Um, but in the ancient imagination, the chaotic waters are the opposite of the created order. So obviously, you know, God creates dry land that comes up out of the waters. Um, yeah, and he, he just orders everything. Basically, like chaotic waters isn't something that's created. It's the opposite of creation. It's like uh, Bible Project has been doing a great series on this actually recently. Um, but it's like our concept of nothingness or like empty space. It's like, it's like who created that? And it's like, well, what do you mean who created that? Because it's, I mean, it's nothing. It's like saying who created nothing, which doesn't make any sense. So to say like who created the, the waters in Genesis one, it's like who created nothing, you know, it doesn't make any sense to the ancient authors. So like, you know, stormy seas, like a boat on stormy seas, it's like you're in the you're in the hot spot of just chaos and disorder and like nothingness, basically. Um, and then uh, also, we won't go too deep in the weeds on this, but like uh, associated with those chaotic waters in the ancient imagination is like a like a sea serpent or like a yeah like a sea dragon that uh, comes to like personify the chaotic waters, but like as a, you know, as like a character, which is this sea dragon thing. And here it just says fish. It doesn't say the word for the Leviathan, which I guess is the English way to say it. Uh, Leviathan pops up a couple times. He pops up in the creation narrative. And then uh, in Job, I mean, there's other times too. In poetry, he pops up a lot. Mm -hmm. um, that's why some people are like, look, the Loch Ness Monster is in the Bible. <laughs> It says sea serpent or whatever. Anyway, but uh, but really it was a, for the ancient people, it was a way of talking about, you know, chaos and disorder, something that opposed God's created order. Um, so yeah, so here, I mean, Jonah, 
I mean, in his poem, he's talking about the waters engulfing him and him going down to the roots of the mountain. And so he's basically saying, I'm like, I have died. You know, this is the, Mm -hmm. this is as far down as he he went down to Joppa. He went down, down, down. And now he's like, he has died, you know, narratively he has died. Uh, He's at his lowest point. Um, So rather than the, the fish, the sea serpent, the, you know, sea monster or whatever, rather than it being as it usually is like a agent of chaos that opposes God's order. It's actually sent by God to save Jonah out Mm -hmm. of the chaotic waters, which is kind of fun. So, Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I remember learning that like the whale, (laughs) uh, was like, uh, was kind of like punishment. You know what I mean? It's like, go sit in timeout for three days and three nights in the belly of a whale, you know? Uh, but it's not punishment. It's I mean, as Jonah says in the poem, it's his, it's what saved him. Mm-hmm. Um, but his being saved was not God saying you were right. It's God saying, let's try this again. <laughs> yeah. 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 The the Lord provided as a, yeah, it's provision. Um, yeah. So right. My question then following up from that is what kind of fish was this? <laughs> yeah. 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 It's a great <laughs> I was going to say it's a great question, but it's not a great question. <laughs> but it's there. I mean, it does point. I'm sure we could go to answersingenesis.com and maybe they'd have an, an idea. <laughs> I asked that to, I asked that in partly in jest because I, again, like we said earlier, I think that's one of those questions that I'm not going to say it's an illegitimate question, but I think it, it misses the point of the narrative. When yeah, we it's a foreign question. Those kinds of questions. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, it's the, the generic word for fish. Like the, yeah. the, the, narrator, yeah. the narrator didn't. Big fish. Um, didn't feel the need. Or great fish, I guess. Yeah. Didn't feel yeah. the need to right. go into any more detail than that. Like that's clue, clearly not the point. Totally. Um, yeah, and I would argue, like, if we really did want to talk about what kind of fish is this, I would argue that, like, given its context in stormy seas, like, you're, it says great fish, but I think you're supposed to, I think you're supposed to connect it to the chaotic sea serpent. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. which, as modern readers, we're like, what do you mean chaotic sea serpent? Like, where's that in my biology textbook? And I guess that's the point. It's it's not there. Yeah, <laughs> it's not there in your biology yeah. textbook. Again, reading. It's, it's, I think the temptation is always always creeps up to bring these questions of these modern questions of historicity or factuality um, into yeah. the text. But always remember, like straight out the gate, the text invites us to ask different questions or asks us yes. to focus on different things. It's not yeah. concerned about uh, those things, um, but it's asking you to think um, think differently about it. Totally. Well, well, I don't know great. if you, I have anything much else to add on those first two chapters, but we'll move into chapters three and four in the next episode, and we'll kind of see. We'll see. I mean, I guess I say we'll see, but we already know how the story ends. But we'll we'll take a look <laughs> yeah. at a few more details. That I think. Tune in next week to see what happens <laughs> to rebellious Private Jonah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll take a look at maybe a few more details that um, that are less known um, and, and might hopefully yeah. clarify a little bit more about what this text, uh, what, what's going on in this text uh, and 
you know, what the narrative is doing or supposed to be doing to the readers. Yeah, because we'll have the full book in view next time, so maybe we can even go deeper on some of these things that we mentioned. But yeah, yeah, should be a good time. Cool. All right. Thanks for joining us. Till next time. Thanks for listening to another episode. If you'd like to support us financially, you can do so on Patreon. It's just www.patreon.com slash questions from the pew. If you can't support us financially, please give us a good rating or review on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening on, and that will help others find our podcast. Also, please comment and ask questions. You can do that by following and messaging us on Facebook or Instagram. You can also leave us a short voice message or text message at 312-725-2995. If you do leave a voicemail, please keep it under 30 seconds and tell us your name and where you're from. We'd love to include your voicemail in our Q&R episodes, but if you prefer for us not to, just let us know and we'll include your question in another way and without giving your information. The same goes for any messages you send us on social media or through text. This has been Questions from the Pew, a podcast in the World Outspoken Network. To learn more about World Outspoken and its mission to prepare the Mestizo Church for cultural change, visit www.worldoutspoken.com. For Questions from the Pew, I'm Riker Zalameta. I'm Lucas Manning. We'll see you next time.